How often have we read or heard Luke's description of the early Christian community in today's reading from the Acts of the Apostles and thought, wouldn't it be wonderful if this was the true picture of the church today? We are challenged by their social justice and their charity, as Luke describes it. But we are especially taken, I think, by the other characteristic of this fledgling Christian community. Their obvious desire to come together for their prayers in the temple and to meet for the breaking of the bread. Being able to gather as a community was a big deal for them as they struggled to make their presence known in a time and a culture that was often suspicious of this newly formed association of the followers of the risen Christ. I wonder if they knew then that the very word that described their gathering, the word ecclesia, which sounds very much the same both in Latin and in Greek, would one day become the word church. It is a verb. It is the very act of gathering, of being an assembly that comes together visibly and intentionally to proclaim the scriptures and to break bread. What a stark contrast and a different reality this paints for us in these days as church. Being in the absence, or rather by the very absence of our physical togetherness, we have come to appreciate the powerful presence of another kind of community and communion, our connectedness in heart, in mind, and in spirit. It is a new communion. Listen again to the words of the author of first letter of Peter, who exhorts the faithful to what he calls a living hope, when he says this, In this you rejoice, although now for a little while you may have to suffer through various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, may prove to be for praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Although you have not seen him, you love him. These words are addressed to those who are living in a time when they could not experience the physical presence of Jesus Christ. And yet, they were living with a new sense of his presence in their midst. This is the story of Thomas as well. 
It is a story of believing, but not seeing, of both absence and presence, of being separated from his community of disciples, and yet knowing that he was not separated from the bond that they shared as the first disciples of the risen Lord. Thomas personifies the second generation of Christians after the time of Jesus, the community that John writes for in the Gospel, those who came to believe though they did not see the resurrection, but came to faith on the witness of others. Thomas comes to believe because when he joins the others the second time, he, he sees in a new way. But his profession of faith in the risen Christ makes him, as it were, the patron of all of us who have come to faith in Christ, though we no longer see him in his physical reality. Thomas's doubt is understandable on one level, but he comes to faith as we do because he sees more than this physical presence, even a wounded Christ. He sees, as we do, into the mystery of a God who is bound by neither place or time or human convention. Thomas's confession, my Lord and my God, is, I think, the most profound exclamation in all of the Gospels. It is an act of faith, not in the humanity of Jesus, but in the God who, through Jesus, reveals a whole new life to the whole of humanity. This exclamation, my Lord and my God, is the very heart of our Christian faith to this day. But this story of Thomas does not stand alone today. The scripture stories are about the presence or presences of Christ in so many other ways, ways that we might not otherwise expect or even be ready to recognize. Jesus, the risen Christ, is present even in the fear and the doubt of the disciples in the locked room. And he is present in the rooms and apartments and homes where so many of us feel that we are confined in these days. He is present in the communal life of the believers when we are able to gather for the breaking of the bread. And might I suggest to those of you who are present with us through the miracle of live streaming, to imitate the first Christians in the first reading. It says that they met in their homes for the breaking of the bread. So while you are joining us today from your homes, why not break some bread 
and share a glass of wine with each other. Let us be one in communion on this day. It is a communion that locked doors cannot contain or distance mean that we're isolated. The risen Christ was present also in their acts of compassion and support for each other, sharing their resources so that no one would be in need. This is a clear call to all of us today. In government, in community, in whatever way we can. He is present when we do those same things. We need each other to believe and to celebrate that belief. We give each other the signs and the wonders of Christ the risen Lord in our midst and in the world. At the end of the Gospel, John says that there were many other signs and wonders that Jesus did, but they are not recorded in this book. Where are they recorded then? Jesus, the risen Lord, continues to perform signs and wonders not only in our lives, but through our lives. We are the book. We are writing the book of the signs and the wonders of the Lord. Peace be with you.